The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Pride of Detroit POD cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Hey, listen, you know where to find us. I say it every time. You know where to find us. And that's where we are. We are Pride of Detroit. Find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart. We're out there. You can find the POD cast everywhere. You can find Pride of Detroit at prideofdetroit.com. At Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Pride of Detroit on Facebook. And again, you know where to find us. My brain is broken, wobbling on a bad uh, needle for this record. Because I am Chris Perfett, your adequate host at Chris Perfett on Twitter. P-E-R-F-E-T-T is how you spell the name. It's almost, almost perfect. Let's bring in everyone else here on the show. We are going to be talking about preseason game three. Uh, the injury scare that almost was and how that maybe paints how we view the preseason to this point. Going to look ahead to roster predictions. Final cuts are coming. Uh, You know, nitty gritty stuff, but also the big storylines that happen from the preseason. And we've got a little bit of advice for indie fans out there, but let me get in the other two members of the show here. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, the punt God of, of pride to Detroit at Detroit online on Twitter. You punted anything lately? I haven't. And I feel like we were not going to be able to have Hamza on anymore if you keep calling me the punt god of pride of Detroit. Is he, is he getting really, uh, he's, he's, he's trying to claim that territory, huh? Well, okay. I mean, I'm the, I'm the punt god of, of Lions beat writers, but I'm not the punt god of, of pride of Detroit. Well, he could be a beat writer too if you let him. Let him, <laughs> let him be a real boy, Jeremy. No, he's going to be a punter. He's he's going he's going to be the next Pat McAfee. Okay. And third man as always, Ryan Matthews. Black is the rock guy. That's his drop music. It plays even when he's not here because sometimes I put together these podcasts when I'm half asleep <laughs> and exhausted from working overnights. Ryan, uh you have a new a member of the family I hear. I do have an new member of the family um but most importantly i think my music just plays all the time to remind everybody that i'm always here that's what Even you, when i'm not there i'm always here that's what you could call your your uh dog limp biscuit 
or Durst. <laughs> Fred. Fred please, might be a really good name. Fred is a good name. What, what about Durst? I mean, that can be his full name. I like it. I like it a lot. The obsession <laughs> with Limp Bizkit showing through here early here. But let's talk about the preseason. Uh, game three is over. The Lions are 0-3 in the preseason. Everybody start to panic. Everybody start to panic. Do it now. I insist. Uh, Buffalo Bills 24, Lions 20. Of course, the big takeaway from this game is, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap, there might be key injuries. Holy crap. Oh, wait. Okay. Maybe they're not that bad. Okay. 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 Oh, we saw a little bit of the for of Matthew Stafford and time to overreact time to overreact to everything so there's a lot to unpack here I always like it when the Lions get these annual games to play the Bills because they make no sense whatsoever other than have people maybe visit Toronto I feel like it's a conspiracy theory put on by the Toronto Board of Tourism but I digress as I always do uh, main thoughts from this game. I'll let Jeremy take the floor first. Well, I mean, I, I kind of want to go through my experience on Friday night because y- you know those scenes in movies where, you know, either an explosion goes off or like the main character gets news that he has cancer or something. And then there's just like this ear ringing noise and everything goes out of focus. That was me like watching the, music the from second Kill half Bell. of the preseason game. Bree- kind of, yes. Boo, it's bree- just like... Boo. There's stuff happening beyond the focus. There's a battle between the fifth cornerback on the team that I suddenly don't care at all about. I'm just thinking, oh my God, the Lions first round pick from 2017 and 2018 are are about to miss the entire season because of a stupid preseason game. Yeah, so Frank Ragnow and Jared Davis both went down in this game in case you missed it. Uh, Frank Ragnow, who's been playing at center, and Jared Davis, who... Uh, in spite of up and down seasons, looking to maybe kind of be the cornerstone of the linebacker group, which is has been a group in past years that the Lions have had abused. So this would have been bad. Yeah. And so it, it was really hard for me to focus on in the second half, especially when I'm also like typing a million things about the injuries and, and you know, looking up everyone who claims to be an NFL doctor on Twitter and seeing what they think of everything, uh, you know, <laughs> one replay from one angle, having them give a full diagnosis, all that sort of stuff. I mean, if it sounds like I'm, I was being a little hysterical, it, it's because I probably was. Dude, everyone, <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. everyone was. After all. Everyone yeah. was. Everyone was being hysterical. We <laughs> saw it in real time. We saw even beat writers saying, just kill the preseason right there and then. And I'm in a right. little bit when you're done, I'm going to tell you why, like as much as we'd like that, it's not going to happen, but keep going. Right. It's definitely not going to happen. But I mean, once you got through all that, and obviously we have well, a lot of good news regarding these injuries, not, not necessarily great news. I, th- I still think Jared Davis is probably going to miss a significant amount of time, but at least with uh, Frank rag now, which to me is probably the more harmful injury to the, to the Lions roster. Um, we got good news there minor ankle sprain he could even play in week one which is so far from from where my mind was at on on friday night um and then you know you get through all the injury stuff you look at the team's performance the defense actually played really well first team defense played really well kind of took the the sails out of the josh allen boat that was uh he was coming off a good performance in, in week two of the preseason and then the lines offense finally looked tolerable look not necessarily great not not amazing but like like an NFL offense is supposed to look um, after a couple of weeks of, of watching backups take place. So um, 
you know, now that we're 48 hours removed instead of 24 hours removed, I'm feeling a lot better about the team. I'm feeling a lot better about their performance uh, during week three against the Bills. But uh, it's been a roller coaster, and I'm, I'm glad we're finally at the flat part where I can take my breath and, and maybe get off the roller coaster for an, uh, a day or two before the fourth preseason comes and then camp cuts come and, and all that stuff. I can finally breathe, which is nice. You will never get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. You will never get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. As much as you'd like to, it, it's going to come right back around for you. <laughs> but I've, I've got a moments of rest. Maybe. Ryan, thoughts, reactions, instant uh, no, notebook from this game. What you got? Yeah, so I, you know, Jared Davis going down two plays into the game super concerning, right? I, I feel like, you know, lock and step with what Jeremy had said, but it's such a, I'd have to imagine it's such a deflating feeling. And for as much hand wringing as everybody did this week about whether or not Matthew Stafford was going to play. If you want to talk about somebody who's kind of going to be the quarterback of the defense, I think that's who Jared Davis, I think that's who Matt Patricia wants Jared Davis to be for this defense. And, and I think that, a loss of him, um, and, and granted, it's it's not going to be as nearly as um, as dire, and it's not going to be nearly as as bad of an injury as we initially thought it was. Had we recorded this podcast twenty four hours before, like today, I think our tone would be much different. I think, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Thing, things are just night and day difference. But I, I think, I think the Lions, they've they've. They, they're at this point with that linebacker corpse, right? Like getting Jelani Tavai, like I think that that will maybe hopefully insulate them a little bit and help them from injuries. But like, this is still a group that's so far away that a Jared Davis injury is still going to have a huge impact on things moving forward. Tavai can maybe lessen that blow a little bit, but it's, it's, um, I mean, we've seen we've seen the the expectations that are kind of thrust on on that middle linebacker role that that Jared Davis has. Um, you know, even in the first year in the Patricia system, there's a lot going on. But you know how difficult a transition it is to to move from you know the college game to the pro game, especially when you have questions about devise you know measurables and things like that. Like it's still like that's that's still a deeply concerning thing. The Frank Ragnow injury, uh, you know you just want to see the continuity with the offensive line. And I feel like this is something that we've been saying for almost three years now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is something there like, and you wonder if it's, it's not necessarily the, you know, a Detroit problem. Like this is just a league problem. Right. But you, you just come, you come into this third game, the, the quote unquote dress rehearsal game with all this optimism. And, you know, you're finally going to see the offensive line as it should be, as it's build. You know, and then to have Ragnow go down, it's like, oh my goodness, like the, the Lions have to go back, reshuffle, Glasgow's back at center, something that they clearly, you know, don't want because they, they have Ragnow there, but he's there with that positional versatility. And then and then you're left kind of scraping together what you can do at both guard positions. So the Lions though that I mean they effectively sidestep that, but they but it's still it's still going to be a problem. It's not like it's just right. oh they're they're going to be fine. You know they, what I mean? Shine like, a light on what could happen. You know down the line, like if if Frank Rack now, which is kind of he's kind of like the linchpin of the offensive line because he affects two positions essentially. You know if anything happens to him or really anyone else on that offensive line, we we've seen these reserve offensive linemen this preseason and it hasn't been pretty. So the fact that we just kind of got a glimpse of that, like 
it, it's just like a glimpse into the into the the darkest timeline of what could happen, and and just because the lines may have escaped, you know, a major injury, it, it shouldn't it should at least still kind of have a lingering anxiety of what what could happen. Yeah, I can't say I'm like extremely hopeful after this game, which I mean, spoiler alert, I'm being pessimistic here, but. I, I don't think this game changed anything for me. I know a lot of people are going to hone in immediately on TJ Hawkinson and talk about, um, once again, had had fun with that because TJ Hawkinson, the, the targets and the yards mattered, but the drops didn't, according to some people on Twitter. But, you know, drop. what? Drop. Singular. Drop. Singular. Single but drop. still, yes. that, that was enough to inspire people to scream, it's only preseason. It doesn't matter. We're also hyping up the yards and targets he received. So once again, it just kind of reinforces what I know about the re- the normal okay. reactions from from preseason. No, I'm just saying like that. That's what it is. It's that's like so you, you can't have you terribly unfair. No, but you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. But you also take what you've consistently seen throughout training camp and and joint practices, which is. Yeah, but training camp, training camp are, are, are designed drills. We're talking about preseason as actual simulated games. Like so we can't take a single thing from training camp. We can't take a fact that TJ Hawkins catches take every everything ball thrown with at massive him. grains of salt because maybe that's what they want him to do. Those drills are maybe designed like, okay, I want this outcome to be TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson should get the ball. You know, well, yeah, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when we're talking about dropping passes, he's had guys draped out all over him in, in training camp and come down with every passes. You you take four plays and, and you're saying we should take the fact that he dropped the pass. I'm not saying to say take it seriously. I'm as saying, everything else. I'm saying taking it take it as seriously as the rest of his yards. That's all I'm saying. Which is to but say you can't take it at preseason. One thing is something we've seen consistently from front to back with TJ Hawkinson wearing a Lions jersey, and one thing is one aberration in four chances. I'm saying wait until we have something, like put him in the line of fire, actual line of fire, rather than just training camp. Like, I can't, like, this is again why this kind of season really baffles me, befuddles me, and also, like, as much as I love that we're seeing some methadone football on the field, it's also a struggle to get through. But that's not TJ wasn't really even the point where I was going here, although it is interesting to see some of the snap counts as we look at the running backs. We'll talk about that next segment, I'm sure, uh, as we start to hone in on who's going to get cut, who's going to stick around. I think maybe some of the snap counts is indicative of, of that, but we always try to tea leave that, read that every year. But going to what you guys were talking about, I feel like when it comes to what we saw for the injuries, it was just a stark reminder how brittle this thing can be. Like every team has identities in the NFL. You have your strengths and you have your weaknesses. And for the lions, we know what they are and we know that there isn't much help in that way. As you say, if Ragnow goes down, that affects two positions. Like that's, that's alarming in its own right that this team doesn't have like a dedicated backup center. I know it's hard to do, but you know, that's where it is. And we've seen these, these, you know, depth out on the O-line and it's no, not good, not good at all. And meanwhile, Jared Davis, which I don't even know why, you know, I'm thinking about him as the linchpin of this, of the, of the linebackers, but we've already had some struggles with that defensive backfield last year. And that's all I really have to go on right now. So I am kind of worried that if you rack up an injury here or there, it'll, 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 fall through it'll fall down pretty bad i mean yeah it's great those guys are only coming along with 
minor sprains, but what if Ragnow's a little hobbled off the start of the season, you know? I'm not going to declare yeah. Dune and Gloom right now, but it is kind of like, as much as people are papering over it today, it is very much so, hey, like, John, John Whitaker likes to say this team can either go 11-5 and five or 5-11, five and 11, and neither would surprise him. Because once again, that is still the Lions' identity, as it has been for almost three, four years now, just abject chaos. Yeah. And it's hard well, to find like, where that median talk- is. Yeah. I want to talk really quick on, on Ragno, then I want to talk more on, on, uh, on Jared Davis. Sure, but sure, with, sure. With Ragno, I, I think you're right. Like, it's an ankle sprain. Ankle sprains tend to linger. So even if Ragnow is ready week one, there's no guarantee he's going to be at his best. I think it's, it's probably a safe assumption that he's not going to be at his best. He's not going to be 100%. And that can compound, that, too. Like, a smaller injury can sure. immediately compound into a larger one. Right, you never know with with especially with high ankle sprains. It's just a it's a tough injury. Um, assuming that's that is what it is, um, but with Davis, I don't think it's necessarily as, as impactful. Like we can't honestly talk about Jared Davis right now if based on like what we were saying about him last year, how he was. You know, we we bagged on him pretty hard, right? Mm-hmm. All of us. And and to like kind of now whitewash and see like, oh my God, he's the linchpin of the defense. Like I understand middle linebacker is an important position. You have to be able to call out everything and to hand those over to Jelani Tavai. Yeah, that should create a little bit of anxiety with you. But in terms of knowing like what he needs to do, I mean, who better? Like is I don't know if there's a better rookie linebacker to kind of have all of this pushed on his plate than Jelani Tavai, because he played just about every single position and part of the key part of being able to call plays of being able to understand the defense is knowing what everyone on the field has to do. And Jelani Devai played just about every field on the position for, for Hawaii back in the day. So that's good. The question of whether he can actually do it and actually perform and actually execute that's, that's still yeah. up to be decided. No, to and me, that still should create some anxieties yeah. but before, before you jump in, I do think the lion's, there should be a little bit of optimism though regarding their linebacking core, not because of Jared Davis injuries, but in spite of it, because Jalen Reeves Maben has been playing very, very fantastic this entire preseason. Um, he's he's growing into more than just a coverage linebacker, um, and and Tavai's obviously playing pretty well so far as well. And then you got Christian Jones, a guy who was kind of a presumed starter before they drafted Tavai, and and I think he's got enough experience where. You can be comfortable if he has to play. He's not a guy that you're necessarily confident in, but comfortable within there. Yeah, we'll see. I, I I'm I'm still not sure how to read Mabin yet. And like as with all th- things preseason, there are some guys who ball out harder than others. Uh, sure. I will say this about Tavai: like it is a shade of Jared Davis because Jared Davis kind of did the same thing uh, in training camp preseason when he was starting out for us, and then like you know regular season hit, he's great for a few weeks, mm-hmm. and then hits that you know wall right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of hits that wall where they've got tape on him now and people are figuring him out and just it hits a bit of a slump. So that's always why I'm worried about when I look at a rookie linebacker. Uh, the other big thing, though, Jeremy Ryan, is that I, I think people are taking a lot out of what we've seen from Stafford and from the Bevel offense. I don't I mean, on paper, and I hate to bag on the brand here, but on paper, I'm telling you, hey, Stafford had a hell of a game against the Buffalo Bills in a preseason game. Like, that That at first blush, I can't put much stock on. But, I mean, we got our wish. They did not have saw- a bad defense. No, they did not have a bad defense. I think, like, DV- 
by DVOA last year, they were actually fairly highly rated. But I mean, most people are looking at you and saying, yeah, but that's the Bills. But either way, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's it's good. You know, we, we saw Stafford out there. We got our wish in spite of the fact that I think that because of those Ragnow and Davis injuries, we were immediately regretting our, our wish right, right away. Like Stafford made... 19 attempts and I think everyone would have preferred like as soon as Ragnar went down like hey can we just put him would you can we just put him away can we just put him away yeah, I I did think they they kept Stafford in a little bit longer than than I was comfortable with once he got that touchdown drive early in the second quarter I'm just like okay we're done and then the lines get the turnover on the ensuing kickoff and they put him back out there I'm like uh please don't do that and then Ragnar gets injured like two plays what later what did you see but, what did you see out but, of Stafford I, I was mostly positive from from what I saw. I mean, twelve of nineteen is pretty darn good. And if you you could technically pull three of those off for uh, incomplete passes off as as drops, um, it was it was good enough. Uh, I, I think there's the offense is still a little bit of a work in progress overall. But Stafford did everything that I would have expected him to do. He had one bad pass where probably could have had a touchdown to Marvin Jones, but it was a little bit behind him. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I think Stafford did just about everything he possibly could to not only ease people's worries that he wasn't getting the offense in time, but that he's healthy because that was, you know, a big, I don't know, conspiracy theory that he was missing time because he was injured. He, he didn't show any signs of, of me at all. So, Ryan, any, think, any, ling- yeah. any lingering doubts or kind of like worries that you have kind of moving forward with this team or with the offense? Uh, with the offense, I think, you know, Jeremy touched on it a little bit. It seems like it's going to be a work in progress. And I think that that's just by nature of getting a new offensive coordinator. So I think that's going to rear its head. And I, I think what you can be optimistic or hopeful about is that you mitigate the amount of times when it does show up. You know what I mean? Like as long as they can limit the amount of times where it looks like they're learning the offense, as they're trying to build the plane in the sky, you know, during the season. Yeah. Th- that th- those are like, those are going to be wins when you don't see that stuff, I think. And, and if they can keep those to a minimum, then, then I, I think that their offense is going to be safe enough that like, if you can eliminate those plays and, and I know safe enough might be a, a word that people probably don't want to hear. Uh, I know, I know a lot of people are getting sick and tired of the stop, stop the run, run the ball to win the game. But I think, playing with such a safe offense, if you can just limit the amount of mistakes that you're making, I think that's, I think that's part of the formula. Yeah. I mean, and and look at how the defense played, like the defense played right into that strategy. They got two quick three and outs Mm -hmm. to start the game. And then they got a turnover on the next drive. They got a turnover on the next drive that was called back due to the softest uh, roughing the passer call I think I've ever seen. But can we talk about that? Everything kind of played into that. (laughs) If you want to, no, not really. (laughs) But I mean, everything was kind of playing into the Lions scheme and and what they want to do in that first quarter and a little bit beyond, um, beyond all the, the, the weird penalties that got called on that one drive. Um, I, I do think there might, there should be maybe a little bit more concern about the offense. I think, I think there's been a little bit of whitewashing because they had five drives and I think scored 10 points with Matthew Stafford in there. And two of those drives, they got the ball like at the bills 30 in yard line. Yeah, plus better. territory. Yeah. yeah I think, so, so I think my, you want to see a lot more than that, but you know, it is also just, I, I, I just found it kind of interesting that also they didn't get really any production out of Marvin Jones or Kenny Galladay. 
Yeah, I think my my issue has always been as I'm looking at this is like, okay, you like I I totally get where you're saying it's like, okay, this is looks like it's executing to the lion's blueprint, but I don't know if that blueprint is still necessarily a uh a winning strategy every every right. scenario. And I think you touched it, on I it mean, last last week on Rage Corner. And it's it's gonna work with some teams better than other teams. I would say the Bills are a team that's a good matchup for the Lions because they don't have a ton of great receivers. They don't have a big deep downfield threat and, and Josh Allen is still kind of working his way into the league. But yeah, I mean you face a guy a team like the Rams, the Saints, the Packers. Uh, think things could look a little different and the Lions will obviously have to change up the strategy. The Bears if, if a little bit, yeah. Stubborn. Is is Josh Allen working his way into the league or working his way out of the league? <laughs> oh, no. I think it really yeah, depends on how you're looking at it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a quick break here. I think we've exhausted everything we we have from this. When we come back, real quick, we're going to give some advice to another NFL team that's having some struggles here this weekend. And also just kind of look ahead to the to the next preseason and to roster cuts as we start to winnow de- the, the process of winnowing down almost 50% of the roster to a 53 man uh, abomination that will then eventually take the field for 17 weeks or what, whatever, whatever it is. I'm sure someone will say all the way to the Super Bowl, not going to happen, but we'll cover that next. We're also going to do mailbag and some other fun stuff as we continue along here on the pride of Detroit POD cast. threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com we call this Pride of Detroit PODcast. You can find it on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeart. And I'm Chris Perfett. That's Jeremy Reisman. That's Ryan Matthews. Rock God, punt God, adequate host, adequate God, I should say. There, we got that arranged. Let's see. Uh, we have some advice for another fan base out there. We usually don't do this because here in Detroit, we are a, uh, we're not a generous people. Wow. Yeah, I, I feel I feel comfortable saying that. <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Sit down for a second, Colts. Get comfortable. Probably having a sad right now. That's okay. And uh, and sad. you know what? Just just put those Mayflower trucks aside too. I still remember that, and I'm still bitter about that too. Go Baltimore. Anyway, uh, let's talk about what happened here when Andrew Luck suddenly retired from he was supposed to actually have his press conference i think on sunday but adam schefter as with all things kind of jumped the gun forced this to be a little premature got this a little awkward and forced us to triple check his uh his twitter check mark yeah the name and everything and to make sure he wasn't hacked after what happened last time with peter king earlier this week uh it checked out Andrew Luck retiring at 29. 
kind of booed off the field a little bit by fans because for some inexplicable reason, he was there on the sidelines during the preseason game on Saturday and eventually left at halftime and the booze came out. People started taking off the jerseys. Some people started burning the jerseys, yada, yada. You know how this story goes by now. He joins a list of people young leaving the the game of football and forcing some football men out there to double down and demand that people give their lives. No, give their morality to football to treat this as a, a burden of, of great, a great burden to be carried. And I don't like it at all, but you know, we're going to leave some people alone here with their idiotic takes. Dan Dockage. But, uh, yeah, I can do that one. I can't do some other ones. Anyway. Lux time gone. Time to give some advice? Yeah, time to give some advice. Lux gone. Suddenly, the Colts are without a quarterback. Hey, um, we we just, I mean, no reason whatsoever. I just think that we here at Pride of Detroit are a little qualified when talking to other people about what happens when your big stars decide to leave. Uh when Roughly. you feel when you feel like they could probably keep playing for another like you know five to ten years, my my leading advice is don't fall for it. Don't fall for the comeback stories. Don't. I've I've, I've literally already seen it. Oh I've yeah, no, seen, no, like, no, yeah, yeah. People are like, oh yeah, he'll only, hopeful that he'll only be he'll out a couple a year of years. Off. He he wants football, man. Nobody can comprehend that this guy to- is done. He just needs a year to feel good and get his foot in order and get his shoulder in order and get his mind in order and he'll be back. Don't fall for it, guys. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. We went through this with both Barry and Calvin. It's not going to happen. And Patriots fans, don't kid yourself at all. he, He said approximately 50 times during his speech that he, you know, he, he, he's made this decision and he's at peace with it. Like he's, He's very clear about what he thinks right now. This isn't a thing where, you know, he just got frustrated that he was rehabbing from his ankle. No, this is built up over years and years of going through rehab, which is so much more tougher than people give it credit for. People just think, oh, you just, you know, you run on the treadmill, lift a couple weights. Like, no, this is like all encompassing. Like, this is daily things of like not being able to lift your arms over your head, not being able to put your shirt on without someone helping you, not being able to walk to the shower by yourself. And sometimes like, this is like the same, this is the same injuries that have been lingering for like years for him too. Yeah. These are like just yeah. injuries that have just been getting compounded again and again. Yeah. And so, when Andrew Luck made this decision, it wasn't just like, yeah, maybe I'll take a year or two off from football and come back. This is him saying like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have to fight for my health every single day of the year. I'm done with it. I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to live my life with my family and do something else. And so don't fall for it. Colts fans. He's done. No, don't fall for it at all. Like we've been, I mean, as you can tell, you're still, we're still doing it with Megatron. I don't get people who say that. I, I really don't like this idea that somehow like, you know, the lingering will to be the football guy is just so deep and ingrained in you that you just can't stay away. This isn't this isn't lethal weapon. There's no pulling a guy back in. He's gone. Bye. Work on what happens yeah. next. Yeah, I have a piece of advice for Colts fans. Yeah. too. Take a look at yourself in the mirror for a second. Are you a person of varied interests 
Do you enjoy doing things beyond work? I hope you do. Because if you don't, you should, in the words of the great Jizza, diversify your bonds. Okay. Because the 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 single mindedness of football fans, I think in particular, who who kind of romanticize this idea that players are just they're almost like soldiers in a way. You know what I mean? Like, like football is their thing. They do it all the time. I remember as little as I think a couple of weeks ago, carry on Johnson was talking about how he was sad. He couldn't get a puppy or a dog because he's so busy, you know, with football and everything. And somebody's like, Oh man, can you get your head in the game? Like, can we think about the season and not dogs? <laughs> what? What are you like? Really? You can't even like, have a thought. You can't even have a, a thought that's not football anymore. That's what I mean. So like, I think like understand like Andrew Luck is a person who a cares about his health. B has interests outside of football and wants to pursue those things. And C has the capital and has the resources now to do whatever he wants, because we're going to get to the third component. Um, I think Chris or you, or you, Jeremy can tackle the good thing that the Colts organization did that the lions can learn from, but like luck has interests and he has things he wants to do outside of football. And that's, that's how normal human beings are. That's so, (laughs) so, so be, be okay with a person making a decision with how they want to live their life. Because if you have a problem with it, that's a problem between you and yourself and not you and Andrew Luck. Yeah. uh, My advice comes in two parts. One, and Ryan, you already alluded to it, but uh, don't quibble over the small things in life, like money. Don't quibble over that stuff. But you know what? The Ursays, to their credit, I slag on Jim Ursay a lot here. To their credit, the Colts have actually treated loser. it right. What? He's a loser, but yeah. He's a loser. He, he's still a loser, but he, uh, he, he did this right. He, he, gave, Cole, he gave Luck uh, the money and didn't quibble over what they could recoup. Unlike some oh. people we know. Uh, and it's stepped a much bigger... multiple times. Much bigger figure, and a too. much bigger sum. I will like what is it? All, more than five times. Essentially, yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's about it's about four or five times. Yeah, the, the prorated signing bonus that they could have recouped. Yeah, but that leads me to the next part: is that cherish cherish what was there and uh, recognize that yeah. getting back there is not going to be so easy. This is almost uncharted waters for the uh, Colts who. You know, after they lost Peyton Manning, just had one rough year, you know, suck for luck. And bam, they had their generational quarterback again. Uh, and guess what? You know, there's some nice guys coming up in the next couple of drafts, be it Tua or Lawrence. There's there's guys that will catch your eyes, I'm sure. And maybe there will even be another tank job to get to one of those. But a guy like Luck, as much as I kind of doubted Luck a lot of time, there are some stuff that you just can't take away from Luck at all. And a lot of it's always going to be a kind of a what could have been story with the way he kind of fought through a lot of the injuries and the fact that every now and then, like the Colts just decided to not play an offensive line (laughs) during the season or something like that. Like appreciate what you had and And, recognize, recognize that that next big guy, like the next guy you get might not be the old product. And I'm just saying this to maybe some people who are out there creating Babytrons and looking to signees to create the next Megatron or looking for the next Barry Sanders. Those those guys, those guys don't come around that often. All I'm right. saying is like 
it's not, I mean, I'm not saying you should settle. I'm just saying there's no shame if the next one you get maybe isn't as brilliant as the one you had before. That's just how life works sometimes. But isn't that so wild to think about the Colts? Because they went from generational talent Mm -hmm. to another guy who was arguably a generational talent cut short, you know, career cut short due to injuries. And listen, they might have a third one if they land on two hour Lawrence and one of those guys pan out. I don't know, but like, right. So, so I guess, I guess Chris, I think what, what you're trying to say is Colts fans realize that you you were on third base and it wasn't because you hit a triple. No, I don't want I don't want to make it that mean. I just want to say like, you never know what you got until it's gone. Right. And just appreciate well, it. Well, I mean, I, I feel like Colts fans had to have known that. I mean, Peyton Manning goes away and what they go two and 14. Yeah. But that was again, only for one year, only for one year. And yeah, I, I guess it, it would Meanwhile, be how easy long, to kind of sideline that season and, and write that as an outlier. Yeah, it's and, like, well, we lost Peyton, but then we we're able to get our new quarterback. Yeah, and, and how long did it, it take? Not as easy. How yeah. long did it take us to really like, and even still like, there's no such thing still as the lions waited so long to find another running back like Sanders, that the idea of a Sanders style running back no longer even exists in the NFL. It's just, that, that's just a fool's errand. Yeah. Just sometimes you won't hit like just because you hit, you know, just because you got blackjack twice in a row doesn't mean you should just keep, you know, hitting thinking you're going to land 21 every time. I want to, I want to give one more piece of, Sure. Advice, and then we should probably move on yeah, to yeah, we gotta get the lines and the cuts here, and stuff. Yeah. But really quick, and, and it kind of goes along with all this Andrew Lux, you know, appreciating what you got thing. Don't whitewash his career because we we saw some really, really bad Detroit Lions fans, and not not a majority, just a, a very bad subset who tried to demo, demean what Calvin Johnson meant to this team, kind of downplay his accomplishments when he was here. Don't do that with Andrew Luck. Oh, trust me. Like he was great. There are some Colts fans who are being taken to task right now on sports talk radio and around there because like, I mean, it's hard to ignore that when you are seeing Andrew Luck booed off the field. And I get it in the grand scheme of things. That is a small subset of Colts fans. There's probably a lot out there who appreciate what he does has done and totally accepts where he has gone and maybe they quibble with small things like maybe he should have announced earlier in the season or anything like that. Just don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. All I'm saying is be the better man. Right. Or woman. And I mean, I mean just, yes, he didn't get you guys a super bowl. Yes. You know, his, his career was, was marred by injuries and it kind of left the Colts in a, will he, won't he play thing for, for the last three years but appreciate when he was out there making plays for the team, appreciate that huge comeback that he mounted against the chiefs in the playoffs. Like coming from a lions fans, we don't get moments like that. So you better appreciate them. Even if it didn't result in rings. Yep. I mean, Indy's got a ring anyway. So, I mean, yeah, you know, bleep those guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about roster cuts. From from hearty advice to uh, yeah, I think some people are just going to have to hit the hit the uh, streets, get some work. So what can we? What what are you feeling as far as can I can I ask you guys like who is one guy you you can say right now you would put money on not seeing them with the team come uh, Labor Day come come Labor Day. 
Uh, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, we're talking about 37 guys who won't be there. So, I mean, there's obvious guys at the bottom of the roster who, who have no chance yeah, me, of making me, it. Give like, me some, like something Matt spicy. Nelson, give me something like spicy, not just camp bodies. I think, I think PJ Johnson, the line seventh round rookie, is not going to make the team. Um, the Lions offensive line is now finally getting healthy enough where they can sport a full team. We saw them play pretty well in the first quarter of the preseason game, finally, even without Trey Flowers. P.J. Johnson had a pretty good third game, but I just think at this point there's he hasn't shown enough. He's a guy that you can almost certainly shun the practice squad. He's a guy that's such a small niche that backup nose tackle, but there aren't a lot of other teams that are going to be crawling uh, the crawling uh, amongst the the waiver wire to get someone like that. So I think PJ Johnson is a guy that hasn't shown enough in in a small amount of time to justify a roster spot. I do think he'll stick around on the practice squad though. Ryan, as far as a surprise cut, yeah, would it be super surprising to see Zach Zender get cut? Ooh, this is a good topic. Oh, I, I like this. I, I've got to no, recuse no, 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 myself. No. I know. I know. We're going to get some really angry yeah, tweets yeah, about a lot this. Of but, angry but no, people, man. Get into this, Ryan, because I yeah. think you're bringing up an interesting point. Please. I, I'm just saying, if if you look at it from a standpoint where Ty Johnson has clearly proven himself to to be a versatile guy who can play in different facets of the game, whether or not special teams, offense, situational stuff, he's just he can do more than Zach Zenner can in terms of what he can bring to the field and do. So is it worth it to keep four running backs and a fullback? Keeping five backs is an awful lot. And and you and you have to think too that they're gonna they're probably gonna keep three, maybe four tight ends. Four would be a stretch, but three for sure. I don't know. I, it, it, the, the numbers game is weird there. And I think yeah. that those I think those three positions are are inextricably linked especially in a bevel offense, you you know, tight ends, running backs, like this is going to be important. And the other thing you need to consider, Hey, does the team need to keep an extra middle linebacker because Jared Davis isn't going to be healthy for X amount of weeks? Are they going to keep another interior offensive lineman? This is where those two injuries are now going to have effect on, you know, roster cuts and decisions. And I think Zach Zenner, you, you, you look at a position like running back. Can you, can you afford to keep four guys? It's it's interesting. You you didn't take that conversation necessarily in the direction that I thought, um, but but you you bring up great points because I did have five running backs and four tight ends on on all of my roster predictions so far. Wow. But I do think the injuries, as you mentioned, kind of shift your your focus, shift what what you need. Uh, but I think I think we need to talk at least a little bit about Mark Thompson because he's had two really good back to back preseason games, and he's kind of been splitting time with Zach Zenner. And, in terms of when they're coming in the game, kind of early in the second half, they've been splitting carries. And Mark Thompson has been running pretty darn well. And I think, I mean, I, I still have to see more evidence of him being like a pass blocker because I think that's something that Zach Center brings that not a lot of other guys on this roster bring in. I think Ty Johnson is a lost is a roster lock at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think the I don't think the conversation is between Ty Johnson and Zach Center. I think it's between Zach Center and Mark Thompson. Versus also keeping, a, as you mentioned, a fifth back. So it's either it's either no Zach Zenner, it's either no Mark Thompson, or neither. That's the conversation to me right now, and, and I don't really have a, a clear answer. I still think Zenner might have a small edge here, but I think Mark Thompson has worked his way into the conversation. 
I think the surprise one for me, there, I've got two of them here. And one is just, I, I call it a surprise just because I'm seeing him getting a lot of snaps, and yet I just don't see any way to peg him into the roster here as Andrew Adams at safety. This is becoming a, a bigger and bigger conversation too. Yeah. Like how, how many safeties are you going to carry? And like, you know, you're going to have to give slots to Walker, Wilson, Diggs. I, I mean, Washington's barely played, so I don't know what's going to happen there. CJ Moore <laughs> probably makes the team. Will Harris is playing out of his mind. Like, I don't see any room for Adams here. It's, just, it's a v- very talented bunch right now, and they're going to have to cut someone that's good, whether it's maybe Tavon Wilson, who they already asked to take a pay cut, whether it's Charles Washington, who's who's a special teams god. But as you mentioned, he didn't play a single defensive snap on, on Friday against the Bills. Or Andrew Adams, who's shown up in, in training camp, had an interception almost every day at camp, had one in the preseason too, but has also shown kind of some bad things in, in terms of being way out of position. He gave up a bad touchdown last week. Um in, it, it's it's tough. C.G. Moore is a guy I still have on the outside looking in, but a lot of people like what he's doing on special teams and well, and he's kind of a, a young guy, an undrafted rookie. You have to wonder if maybe they, they try to get a trade in before cut day comes, because obviously, like like we said, there, there's some different priorities on the on the roster now that the, the lines have hit the injury bug. Maybe one of these guys gets moved before Saturday. Yeah, I don't see much trade value in it because once again, like value during preseason is all kind of ersatz anyway. So like what are you really betting what are you really bidding on at the end of the day? Well it, um it, well it, <clears throat> and it we, we see sometimes these trades of, you know, it's not we're not getting a starter out of Tavon Wilson or anything like that. Yeah. It's like you're just finding other teams that have a surplus of talented guys that at least deserve to be on a roster and you trade them before you cut them so that these guys have a, a first crack at a guy like Tavon Wilson or Charles Washington or, or Andrew Adams yeah. um, just before they hit the waiver wire. All right, real quick, because we've got to get out here. Um, the other person I wanted to bring up and I feel like, you know what? The injury might make this a little harder to maybe get rid of him. But honestly, uh, I think it's about over for Miles Killebrew. Yes, no. Uh, no, you're wrong. Okay. He's not injured, and he's fine, and he's actually playing kind of well at linebacker. Now the lines need backup linebacker. No, that's what so I'm saying. Like, the Jared Davis done. thing probably saves him here. So once again, folks, it is now safe to go get a Miles Killebrew jersey. Yes, you're safe for another another you're safe for another year. year. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when you said injury, I thought you were going to say Tease Tabor. Like, yeah, Tease Tabor is an interesting... I, 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 don't, I think that could be the biggest... I, I don't think people will be shocked by it, but... Man, that's just going to be that's going to be chum in the water for Lions Twitter to it's chew and spit. Fifty three man roster predictions are going to be impossible because we don't know what's going on with Tom Savage. We don't know really what's going on with Austin Bryant or Tyrell Crosby or even these new injuries. Like I know Mapture said that Jared Davis isn't going on IR and Frank Ragno isn't going on IR, but I still kind of find it hard to believe that Jared Davis isn't going on IR. So I think there's a chance that happens, and there's so many injuries that that roster construction is going to be really hard for this team. And I don't know what they're going to do. All right. And finally here, you know, 10 seconds on this. Cause I don't want to give us any more thought than that. Who I, I, I only see the lions. You see the lions carrying three quarterbacks or two. And if it's two, is it fails or Johnson? It's two. I, I don't think they'll keep three. They don't have space yeah. to keep three. They don't have a reason to keep three. Fails or Johnson. And... <laughs> I think it's Tom Savage. Fingers Savage crossed back. He gets, he, yeah. 
Brad Kaya. Wow, I like it. Now that's spicy. Oh. No, Andrew, uh, Andrew, Luck. Andrew Luck. Yeah. <laughs> the joke was right there for us. It was teed up, and we just kind of waltzed I, over it anyway. I know. Well, the real joke is that he's going to be the the newest quarterback for some XFL franchise, right? Oh yeah, conspiracy theory because his dad is is like the commissioner. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can buy it. <laughs> I'm in on it. I like just that. like I'm in on mailbag, baby. Can we talk about some of those? Yeah, let's let's take a break because I want to talk about some of these XFL team names too. I don't know if there's anything in the mailbag, but we'll definitely talk about the XFL team names and Rouse. There's not none for Detroit or Michigan. So taking a break, be right back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. Get them in. I'm clapping my hands, but I don't want to because this is not a visual medium. We do this by audio. I don't think that would make a lot of sense to do that. Anyway, uh, real quick before I get into the mailbag, my own question here is, out of all of these awful XFL team names we have, which do you see as, uh, well, I don't want to call them all awful, but they, they, they've been turning eyes. They've been turning heads, to say the least. Uh, which is your favorite? Who, who are you adopting? We, we, we all adopted different AAF teams. Who are you adopting as your XFL team? No, no question. It's the St. Louis Battlehawks. Best name. Pretty good logo. St. Louis doesn't have an NFL team anymore. St. Louis Battlehawks. They're the winner. Ryan, uh, I like the Vipers just really? because it makes me think. Well, no, it just makes me think of the Detroit Vipers. Okay, Ryan's <laughs> adopting the team with the MS Paint looking logo. Then, <laughs> dude, I'm like, let's keep it as let's keep it as 1995 as possible. I mean, these are all like, I, I have so many thoughts about some of these logos. Like, first off, Houston, like, really bold of you. Really bold of you, Houston. We'll see how that holds up in court, I guess. <laughs> um, Seattle, maybe looking a little close to the UAB. Also, I don't remember the last time we've had a major. Is this the first major pro team we've seen named Dragons? Maybe. We finally have crossed the Dragons threshold, man. We've crossed the reptile threshold. The XFL is now more like medieval times than football. We got two reptiles really in this too, with vipers and dragons. Guardians, I think, have the coolest logo, but I'm not sure why it's a cat versus why the LA Wildcats isn't anything to do with Wildcats. But okay, um, DC Defenders. That's just an NASL team from the '90s. You know what though? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying it's just because they're here, but uh, I like the Wildcats. Because here's why Wildcats is such a generic team name. Like every, if you, if you open up any movie, you check out any movie, like, you know, a high school romance or some hot blooded, you know, some, some like 
hard, hard-boiled cop thriller or something, and there's a football team in it, chances are they'll be called the Wildcats or the, or the uh, Bobcats or something, something related to Wildcats. So for a town that makes movies or that apparently Vince McMahon thinks the only thing that L.A. is is Hollywood... And if that's not, I apologize to Vince, but I mean, stop calling Staples Center Hollywood. Wait, did are you are you saying this is a galaxy brain move from Vince McMahon? He's just no, throwing a I'm, reference I'm saying, to movies. I'm saying that it's just it's stumbled into there. I'm saying it's appropriate for Los Angeles. In I'm saying it's appropriate in that light. This is me having the galaxy brain here. I'm saying oh, gotcha. Wildcats is so kind of generic and kind of bad that it's flipped into good. And I enjoy that. <laughs> I I'm irony. Poisoned it's horrible. Here. It's horrible. LA baby. All right, let's get to the actual questions here. Uh, I feel like we should take one right off the top. I've got one here right from the start from at Chris salts. Uh, why do you have some boneheaded writers? Real question. You know, I when people throw insults into the question, I, it, it really makes me want to answer them seriously. I don't want to answer it serious. Well, I mean, I am answering it seriously. Like, we all have bones in our heads. These are skulls. Like, it's a bone. It's a series of bones. Here's, here's the thing that, that bothers me about some fans is that they feel like if someone has a different opinion from them than them, they're stupid. Like, can we get over that? Can we stop? thinking that like can we just no. maybe accept that other people have different opinions than you and that doesn't make them a bad or a stupid person they just have a different outlook than you and maybe just maybe like take a second to consider their opinion rather than just saying you're an idiot you don't know what you're talking about well in our hate mail here and i love when we get the hate mail because at least we can actually do some fun with it uh ryan did you have a uh, answer to this one first before i move on uh no not really Okay. Because if you have a problem with our boneheaded writers, you probably have a problem with our boneheaded editors too. I just you like, got a problem with I just like in the in the recent discourse people are like, "Oh, the people over there are negative and no one's mentioned me and I feel kind of insulted." Like all y'all just, are slappies next to me. I'm just I'm sick of the combative behavior by some people on Twitter. I'm I'm this is why I don't interact much with Twitter. I just kind of yell into the void and then back away well, because I feel like people I, just I, I, f- I don't know. They, they don't feel... I don't know. I feel like the longer this current like reign of the Lions roster as it is under Stafford goes on, the more people are like doubling down on the Kool-Aid. We talked about this before, Jeremy, that there is a dichotomy of Lions fans, of SOL and Kool-Aid. And I feel like yeah. each year this has gone on since Caldwell got them back since the lions got back to the playoffs. I'll even include the old gym shorts in here. Since the lions got back to the playoffs each year, people have been doubling down on saying, no, this lions team is good. We are getting no respect from the national media. They're wrong. And to hell with you. If you think if you spread any doubts about this team, how dare you? Oh, by the way, this team just went six and 10 in 2018. That's what, that's what, that's what your doubling down gets you folks. I'm not saying you're I mean, responsible you know, for six and ten, but I'm saying you're responsible this, for six and ten. This is this is more. I think to to you know zoom out a little bit here. This is just how online discourse is these days. Is everyone is just becoming more and more polarized and and digging their heels into their own position, and it's it's made it so talking about things 
online is just not fun anymore so well, i don't do it not to not to like I, okay here here's my problem now is i have a question here in regards to how much i talk about myself on radio now but um i'll get to that one in a second not to look ahead but i was going to bring up rob parker because rob parker was talking you know my friend my mentor rob parker uh he was talking about the situation with the Tigers where, um, and actually with the Astros too, where Justin Verlander basically said he would not, you know, take any questions from Anthony Fennick of the Detroit free press, which is, you know, a violation of like, I don't know how many bylaws of MLB, but whatever, you know, he wants to be defensive. That's fine. But Rob kind of defended Fennick saying like, you know, players and fans uh, players sometimes misunderstand what the media is there for. It's not there to cheer on the team. It's there for the fans. But I kind of quibble with that a bit because I'm also seeing fans almost turning into a defense brigade for the team as well. You know, there's certainly a subset of people like that for sure. No, for sure. For sure. Because like maybe expect us to be that too. Yeah. I mean, like I get it. We're fans too, but that, I'm, but that's just because not gonna... we're fans doesn't mean we we can do nothing but support and hype this team. We're not right. just a hype like, squad here. And you know what? Sometimes being a fan means I have to rip the team every now and then. Yeah, I mean you you, you can be a fan. This whole thing about policing the fans that you we've been over be a million clear-eyed. times. It's like it. I mean, I love the team so much. So when they do stuff that I disagree with, yeah, it makes me mad. It makes me disappointed. And I'm not going to just like cover that up and be like, eh, but maybe everything's going to be okay. Like, well, no, sometimes the lines do something stupid. Like don't give Calvin jo- or like steal Calvin Johnson's money and people quibble with my use of steel there, but whatever. Um, and I have a right to be pissed off about it because I like this team and I think it does more bad than good for them in the long run. And so for me to not quibble about that and not to be mad about that to me, that's, that's not necessarily being a fan is just like, hiding all your frustrations. Yeah, and I don't I don't like the idea that the team that I like to watch is spending all is going to waste all these years with Matt Patricia as their head coach who I feel like his philosophy and his approach to this entire game of football is so ass backwards that we should have probably taken the chance to jettison him and get a real fo- head coach. But, you know, hey, you know what? I'm just being mean apparently to some people even though I don't want to be subjected to more years of crappy football. If he does well, then he exceeds my expectations. All I'll say that. Anyway, the other mean tweet we have is from Tyler Bostador. Uh, What is the over-under for how many times a podcast Chris will mention that he works in radio? Well, I haven't done it at all until I brought up Rob Parker to illustrate my point. So, Hey, so that's that's a good 40, 45 minutes. Excuse me for wanting to be excited about where I'm working right now. Like, I love what I'm doing, man. You should talk about what you love to do. You should talk about what you love in your life more than what you hate. And I talk about a lot of what I hate about the Lions. That's great advi- that is honestly great advice. That's something that, that I lot more. personally try to live with. I'm doing that a lot more. And thankfully, being into JoJo's Bizarre Adventures helped me. Ryan, Defined by yourself by what you like, not what you hate. Mm, Ryan, you're a betting man. What, what can I set the over-under for? And which side would, would Bovado King 69 take? <laughs> Uh, he'd probably set the line at like two and a half. Would you take the under or the over? I'd take the over because you talk about things you like. Mm. All right. Troy Kilgore gives us two questions. I'm going to take both here. How do you all feel about Aaron Rodgers 70s cop mustache? Um, 
he he says I, this. He says here maybe he and Stafford can get cast as rivals in a Miami Vice esque show. I think Stafford's going for the full Magnum PI. To be honest, I, I could see him in like a flowered button up shirt with a tiger's cap <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's how we convert. Or maybe maybe with a sailor's hat that just has the the, the Detroit D on it. I don't know. I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers' mustache for some reason, just because there's so many things about that guy that feel disingenuous. So it feels like the mustache is disingenuous. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, like facial hair is back in, like across the board. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I do the facial hair. I do the beard thing. I mean, I've had my goatee forever. It's just that it refused to do like some other guys like, yeah, you should grow up the full beard. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, I I feel like if you're growing the porno mustache or or whatever you want to call it, you're doing it kind of ironically, and to be doing it that ironically for that long, it's just like okay, are are you done? Like no one's laughing at this anymore. Can you stop? You I don't think weird. he's going for porno. He's trying to do like that mustache that Leonardo DiCaprio had in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, almost Gunslinger. Oh, is is this the? Chris continues to spoil this movie segment. Spoiler <laughs> alert, Leonardo DiCaprio had a fucking mustache in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I didn't know that. I now I it. know it. And knowing is half the battle. All right. New question here from, oh, right. Troy's other question. I want to read this one. Uh, is it too early to be drinking Oktoberfest or pumpkin spiced beers? No, I think the weather is actually asking you to do that because we're finally getting some, like, we're getting some crisp low 70 numbers, and I'm all about it. Enjoy this it while is the you best can. Time of the year. Oh, I know. It, it's fleeting. It lasts for about two and a half weeks. So, Plus, I, I think the, the line of demarcation is cider mills being open, and they just the one in Northville just opened this weekend, so mm-hmm. you're yep. good now. Yep, the one in Holly opened deals. I want a plug. I want some money. <laughs> All right. Next question mm. here from JJ2672. What is your favorite way to eat apples? With fall around the corner, it's apple oh. time. Apple time, apple the, time. Can we talk about that? That fake? was a well-timed question. I was, <laughs> well, can I also say this too? Like, can we? Is this a good chance? Ryan, you, you weren't here when that fake story about uh, Kawhi Leonard was making the rounds. Yeah. Yes, yes, I was. I love that story no, but so you, much. We weren't talking about it on POD cast. You weren't here for me to talk about it with you. No, no, yeah, Apple Time, Apple Time. For those who don't know, there was a fake story going around where Kawhi Leonard. They would say when they go out to team dinners, Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> when he was with the Spurs, I think at this time, would yeah. pull out a bag of apples rather than eating anything, and would just say Apple Time, Apple Time, and cut the <laughs> apples and eat them with a fork. <laughs> what? And eat the whole apple, core and all. It was, it, it it was such a perfect fake story because I read the entire thing and I got up to Apple Time and I was like, okay, this is obviously fake. But like, that was the him, same. Like, that was the same week where the, he did the "I'm a funny guy" laugh thing, though, right? Well, no, it was the same week. Uh, maybe it was during the champ. It was after they won their championship. No, it was so before. It was, it like was during the playoffs. Week. It was like I thought it was like in wake of um, Boardman gets paid, like first hearing that. No, it was it was a little before that. I think it was like before the finals kicked off, but it was in that same time frame. Yeah, it all melds together. Yeah, 
I think I think it definitely happened after the board man gets paid thing because that was like oh like that's how Kawhi Leonard talks. So then it was like Apple time, Apple time, Apple time. <laughs> Which I wonder if Andy Benoit does milk time, milk time, milk Benoit. time. Benoit. It's Benoit. Yeah. It's um, Benoit. The correct way is cider, by the way. Good cider. Cider is so good. Cider uh, is so good. At at deals in Holly, they do cider slushies. Mm. They do them at Parmenter's too, New Northville. Uh, might do oh, some cider right and some now. whiskey, actually. Mm-hmm. But and that's, that's the thing: cider is very versatile. You can do alcohol. You can do no alcohol. You can do cold. Yeah, you can hey, do slushy, you can get a strongbow. You can get a strongbow year round. Yeah, a hot, a hot apple cider with some whipped cream on the top, also delicious. Uh, Throw a cinnamon stick in cinnamon it. Cinnamon Oh my god! It, yeah. And that's the thing too. Like good apple cider is like you can get cider year round, but good apple cider, like, mm-hmm. is only in season, and it's this, and tis the season right now. Yep. We're we're coming around to the best season of the year. Hmm. Okay, uh, sit up straight. Rothstein sends us this, this next question. <laughs> what kind of username is that? <laughs> when showering, what part of the body do you wash first, and what part of the body do you wash last? Oh boy! The first thing that I wash on my body are my calves. <laughs> the last thing I wash in my body are my calves. <laughs> I'll keep this PG. My face and my legs. In that, like, that's, that's, yeah. It's not the truth, but it's what's PG. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't need to know that about me. We're humans. We all, we all clean. I hope we all clean ourselves. Jeremy doesn't. Andrew Luck shouldn't waste any time showering. Football, 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 football. <laughs> He's playing football. I just I lick myself clean like okay like, well we like Ryan's new member of the family no well oh, 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 buddy we're gonna get a name from hey how about how about this if you listen to this much of the podcast I want suggestions for names I'm giving myself I don't even a- think we've mentioned that it's a dog by the way yeah well I think <laughs> licking licking himself kind of well I mean it that could have been be a cat, cat. could have been yeah. an iguana uh, <laughs> one week from today. I want to have a name for this boy. He's a beautiful, beautiful boy. I haven't put an actual photo of him out on the Twitter scape other than the back of his head because I wanted to get a really good one, but I've gotten tons of them because he's a little photogenic beauty. But yeah, drop your, drop your suggestions for names. Should we make this into a contest where they like, they get, they can send us like a 10 second audio file and they get, they get a platform on here. If they if they correctly name your dog, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> not. Partitioning right. off my, my damn thing, just rah rah rabble rabble rabble. Anyway, uh, let's see here. I had a One couple. I had a, I had a legit lions question. And I just lost it. Now I need to find it again. Way to go, guys. Mm. Sorry. Sorry for answering the question and then participating. I'll try not to for this next question. Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, I hate you so much. Um, let's see. Well, while I look for that question, I'll feed you this one from Bud Dog. Who would make a better GM? And this is a bit of a callback question. Who would make a better general manager? Frat Stafford, a monkey that only knows British sign language, or three-day-old ham sandwich? That seems rude. 
I feel like sometimes the best action is inaction. So I'm going to go with the sandwich. <laughs> I think this I'm, is an extension of the old of... waffle, like the Detroit Lions pick a waffle meme. Chris Berman, I love this pick. God, that is some, that is for, that is old. That is like old SP4chan stuff. Hey guys. Yeah. Some ships are made of metal. Some ships are made of wood, but the best ships are friendships. And that's just the way they should. Thanks Luke Wilson. I love that. Hard. Can we real quick? Hard knocks is actually kind of fun. I like it. Yeah. Well, I mean, does that surprise you? It's the Oakland Raiders. Well, I think it could be the Raiders, but without Antonio Brown, that show would just suck. But Antonio Brown is totally making that entire show. By the way, Antonio just lost his second appeal for his uh, helmet. He did. So I cannot wait for hard knocks this week. But like (laughs) the thing, the thing that's the most like, galaxy brain about that show is how they are trying to make Richie incognito look like a human being who deserves like the fifth chance that he's getting. And, and not to cop Drew McGarry from Deadspin, but you want to know why is because Drew is because Richie incognito is a football man. He just wants to play football and he's loyal to football. And even when he tried to get out, they just had to pull him back in, but he's loyal to the church of football. Not like Andrew Luck who wants to quit. <laughs> he's a quitter. I finally found that question, by the way. Nate Savage, finish this sentence. The Lions will be a real threat in the NFC North if... That's a good question. If they are the healthiest team in the division. That's all. I think that's honestly all it takes this year. If Carrion Johnson runs for... 1,600 yards. If Chicago and Minnesota just get wiped off the map. In terms of injuries or in terms of climate change? Metaphysical. Oh, okay. Can't really play football if you ain't got no soul. Unless you're Richie Incognito, I guess. Done. Shut this podcast down. Yeah, let's shut it down. See you star side, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side.